Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I'm here today with Gabriella Manchula of Calibrated Leadership, and we are going to chat about leadership, team building, and all things needed to really get ahead when you're leading a team. Welcome, Gabriella. Thank you, Raya. Thank you for having me. It's super exciting to be here. Well, before we get started, I know that you help a myriad of leaders. I'd love to hear more about what it is that you do and who you help. Can you share that with us? Yeah, sure. So my name is Gabriela Manchula, and I'm the founder of Calibrated Leadership. And what I do is I shake the box of leadership as usual, and I set the team on fire. So what I mean about this is that I go in and I design company cultures that make uh, sure you have the right people on the right roles, all going on the same direction of achieving outstanding goals. I love that. How, Gabriella, when you're looking at working with leaders, I'm sure you have some leaders that are in small business who, like me, maybe have a team of like three to six people. And then you're also working with corporate leaders. How do you find that the, there's differences and what things do you find that are the same? So, yeah, th- this is a, a big, big question because when you think of a corporate organization, you think about layers and layers. It's not only one team, it's always many. And being able to have a structure and a system in place, it's extremely important for them for a smooth operation. When it comes to a small um, business It's way easier to manage because, as you said, you have less people that you have to encourage, not only to lead, but to encourage and inspire and assign their roles. So this would be the main, main difference and affects everything. All the approach, it's different and it has its place. What is very common between the two or what I like to bring as a common ground for this, it's the dedication with which you lead. In I bet. situations, yes, this, this is my biggest passion. It doesn't matter if you are a corporate or you're a small business. If you forget to lead from the heart, if you forget it before anything, we are all human beings. The leadership role becomes very hard. Well, and it must be more, I, I don't want to say it's more personal, but I think, I mean, when you're in a small business, you're often the owner who's the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a corporation, it can, like you said, have layers and layers where there's a manager or leader who's farther down the chain that's managing the team. And so there must be a really strong corporate culture in place or else it can maybe exactly. get lost in translation. Exactly. I know that you had said before, and I was really interested to dive into, you had said that it's not necessarily enough to hire well because results don't always indicate success. So tell me what you mean by that. Well, I love this hiring well is not enough. I really want to translate this, right? Because what we do, and it's I don't know if we do, it's correct, but a lot of us, we jump to hire top talent based on the resume. And the team building is both an art and a science. 
it demands a conscious effort from all the individuals with the, uh, within the team and is one of the most important responsibilities of a leader. What I mean by that is have the courage to go beyond the resume, be, beyond the stellar career and really try to match the strength and the differences with the role you are trying to hire for and with the company culture. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, I've seen that in my own team too, where I have an instinct about somebody and they may not have everything on the resume that I'm looking for, but for some reason, the person stands out to me as having the right attitude or just something stands out that says that with time and training that this person could really be an asset to the team. And whenever I follow my gut on that is a hundred percent of the time it ends up being true. And, you know, it's not something that reveals itself immediately because again, they may need some additional training or something along that lines. But I've also seen people who on paper look like the right candidate. And then I've just had a gut instinct that they're not the right person. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's, it's a delicate art in terms of looking and having an instinct when you're hiring on a team, for sure. Oh, yes, because um, hiring, one of the things that I find is that people think like this, hire is once and done, but it's actually an ongoing process. It's after the onboarding and all those details uh, being worked out, hiring is an ongoing process, as I said, because it requires the perfect blend between the constant attention and evaluation but also with a keen understanding of people. Yes. All the time, all the time, you have to be aware of who is in your team. Is it the person for the right role? Or if it's not, instead of uh, being quick to fire, maybe a solution would be asking a question, what would be a better role for this person to highlight the strength. Well, and also sometimes there's things personally going on too. So instead of just assuming that they're not right for the role, maybe offering support and asking some additional questions about what's going on outside of work, whether or not they feel comfortable sharing, but asking if there are resources and support that they need in order Mm -hmm. to improve their performance. Well, definitely. Definitely being interested in what's going on in uh, everybody's life, right? It's a very important aspect of leadership, being dedicated to knowing your people. Yeah. How, how do you see overwhelm factoring into leadership for your clients and for others? Well, you see, leadership and leading a team is always a challenge because there are so many moving parts and so many um, variables. And there is so much advice on this subject alone that it's very easy to end up uh, feeling overwhelmed. There are so many suggested steps to take in order to build a highly effective team. So let's say from just from the leader's mindset to how to lead through challenging times. So with the tone and information, the natural question comes, how do I do it uh, all? Or which of this apply to my context? So just to mention a few, I just have this idea of mentioning a few of the, of the um, 
steps that are uh, necessary to uh, build a highly effective team would be be clear or establish team goals or master the art of delegation or become a great communicator. Be open to give and get feedback encourage collaboration between team members or set the ground rules for your team. What else? Encourage brainstorming or measure the rewards and success. Define the roles. So it's, it's a lot. And how do you know how to build a flawless team? How to be cohesive with all this or productive and to get authentic results over and over again? Which one of these do you choose or what order or how do you know you did it right? This is so important and I've seen it time and time again, especially because as a company, we do virtual assistant matchmaking. So a lot of our clients have never led a team before. They don't have any employees and they're looking to add an employee because they are overwhelmed. And often what I hear is they don't even know what to offload their plate, you know, offload Mm -hmm. off their plate. And so the mastering delegation is such a huge part of that because they think that they have to do it all themselves and, or they know that there are things that they don't have to do themselves, but they're so busy that they don't even know how or when or why or what to delegate. And that encouraging the brainstorming, one of the things that I do as part of the service is really sitting down with them and saying, let's like break this down. Let's like really think about what are all the things that you're doing and how is it that we can help you identify the areas that you're doing things that you don't need to be doing? And that's taking you away from the things that are in your genius zone. And I think that we can get caught in this rat race of overwhelm. And it's almost like an addiction. It's mm-hmm. almost like it helps us feel important to feel overwhelmed. I don't know if you've experienced <laughs> that in, in yes. being that with um, leaders. If they're really busy, then they feel important. I know that I'm a hundred percent guilty of this, but you know, it's not true. You know, we're just overwhelmed. We're just stressing ourselves out for no reason. When we, in fact, you know, I've gotten into the habit of saying to myself, anytime I say to myself, I have to, and then insert whatever I counter with the question, do I have to, Mm -hmm. do I have to do that thing? Because I do have help. I do have a team and I have a team that it desires to help me and desires to be empowered in different tasks and trained in different things. And even if they don't know how to do it, that doesn't mean they're not willing. And I think that that's an important distinction to make when we're talking about leaders and that you may be robbing your employee of an opportunity to step up into something that they're better at you than you are, you know, and that's not to put you down. That's the more we can lift up our employees, the better we are as a leader. Mm -hmm. And for me, in my approach, this is part of understanding motivation, Mm. right? Because motivation is not only putting up a good quote or uh, shiny slogans or so, it's understanding the people and understanding uh, their value and how they can contribute to the growth of the company. So giving them tasks that actually is fulfilling their values and their dreams, it's making them feeling better, motivated, and wanting to do more. 
Yeah. And you and I have, because I know Gabriella from a business organization that I'm a part of. And so I've had the pleasure of really getting to know her and her business on a deeper level. And one of the things that we talked about was the challenges and we'll get into recognition, but the challenges of leading a team that's virtual, which, you know, in this day and age of COVID-19 and all those kinds of things, we're more and more, we're doing that where we're not in person, where you can give the world's best boss or like a big gold star or something along that lines. But how do we interact and um, motivate our team to be more successful? And, you know, because of the conversations that we've had, one of the things that I've done with my team is I had my office manager, my operations manager put together a survey monkey. So it's an employee survey to get to know my employees a little bit better. And it serves multiple purposes. Not only does it serve the purpose of me being able to give them recognition in a way that they respond to, but it also helps me get to know them better. And I want to know how to motivate them. I want to know, you know, what are their strong points? What are the things that they're passionate about? And so that I can, you know, look for tasks and things that, maybe aren't my strong points, but that would be something that's more in their wheelhouse. So I think that that's something really important that Gabriella has brought to light for me. Rewarding and recognition are big subjects and lacking big. <laughs> so, yes. So what? they are underdressed. Totally. What, what do you see as some of the common flaws in building teams? Oh, so one, one then is very... I don't say dear to my heart, but close to my heart is starting leadership with I. So when a leader is more concerned with a personal achievement or a personal advancement, or the leader has a strategy that only has in view the future accolades, there is not such thing as team building. His approach or his, her approach, whoever leads with I, this approach reflects on everything from communication, from delegation, from establishing the goals or anything you can think of in a dynamic of a team towards reaching an end of the project is being affected by the leader who comes with an eye at the forefront. And more than this, I think that leading from an eye from this position ruins the trust. And that's game over. Not only that people can see what you do, the way you speak and the way you relate, even though you wouldn't say a lot of things or make them evident, the people can feel the energy of this, I am the leader. And that's game over. It's simple as that. When you lead with the I, it's game over. There is no team building. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we definitely have to come to it with a we mindset. Mm-hmm. I know in the past when I've had, not in, the, in, not in my business itself, but when I worked in administrative management in healthcare, I've always had the mindset when I've had, let's say an employee issue and it's with one specific employee, I always start with a we conversation Mm -hmm. and I start with the whole team and I'll say, you know, it's come to my attention that this is something that's come up and this is a fantastic opportunity for us to revisit what is the standard Are we meeting the standard? What are some ideas that we can do as a team to elevate the standard? 
And I'm going to hold myself accountable. And I invite you to hold me accountable to this standard instead of just calling that person out. And what it does is it allows that person the chance to self-correct. And then if it comes up again, I will pull that person aside and, and then say, Hey, you know, we had the meeting about this and this is really important. And I need you to, I need you to correct this behavior. And so this is in effect, this is a warning, you know, and I'll say it in a nicer way, but you know, please, I don't want to have to talk about this again, because I know that you're totally capable of taking care of this. And then of course, if it comes up again, then it's a disciplinary action. But I always start with the we conversation because the bottom line is it comes from the top down. If there's something happening on the team, it means there's a lack of instruction, a lack of a structure, a misunderstanding or a misplacement. You know, you hired the wrong person Mm -hmm. and it's affecting the whole team. And so that's something that I, and in the beginning, you know, when I, maybe I could say I lacked maturity, I kind of ended up in leadership at a very young age. I thought that perhaps it was a passive aggressive way to, address it because I was afraid to go directly to that person. But now looking back, I I actually feel like it was a very beneficial way to do it because the bottom line is it is good for everyone to revisit what the standard is. It is good for everyone to be reminded and it is good for me to be held accountable to that standard as well. And then it makes it clearer what the expectation is when you go to make a more personal conversation with somebody who's having an issue with the standard, you can say, Hey, we've talked about this like very recently and you're not meeting the standard. So what do you need for us to help you get back in line? Exactly. And you know, just what you, you said brought my mind to another flaw that I see. And this is not understanding the leadership styles, right? Because you have your own style. Not only that you understand it, but you apply it and you understand how it works within your team. Yes. And a lot of leaders don't even uh, have the chance to spending time on assessing themselves. Like awareness in leadership is a big component. So taking the time to understand which is the leadership style, what is good about this, how does it reflect on my team, on the projects, on everything that we do, and what's not so good about my leadership style. Being open to getting feedback, it's a real challenge, right? We are so much more open to give feedback, but receiving um, feedback, it's crucial because then you can understand how you can tweak your approach to make it work within the context. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's so important and it is difficult to receive feedback back because I, we can often be so hard on ourselves that receiving negative feedback from somebody else can feel like an affirmation of what we're, you know, when in, in actuality, it's just feedback. It's not an insult. It's just feedback. And, you know, that's something that even at 41 years of age, I'm learning that everything is just feedback, you know, positive compliments, negative feedback. It's all just feedback. It's you take from it what serves you and then you don't 
what doesn't serve you. Exactly. Being flexible and open, they are attributes of great leaders. When I said without uh, being flexible and open, I just thought about Taylorism, which is an, uh, what academics call what Frederick Taylor used to say. He was an industri- industrial engineer, and he used to say that in order to mass produce um, effectively, an operation needs some people to think and others to execute. And this, it's uh, what a a lot of people don't stand by Taylorism or behind the Taylorism anymore, but we still see it reflected when we look at the leadership styles, we have the um, autocratic style, the commanding or the uh, positional, all names for the same attitude, where I dictate what's going to happen, and others execute. And this leadership style, yes, it has its role, it has its its place, but it's so rare where I see it going is in military bases. Yes, that's no way to go beyond an order or to try to get creative with an order. Unfortunately, we see some of this approach in our word like in business world in other companies it's present and it's detrimental so i really think that studying leadership styles and understanding their roles it's another crucial effect another crucial component of building a team successfully which brings us to my favorite part of our podcast, which is we were going to dive into recognition. I think that this is such an uplifting part of, you know, being a leader. It's definitely my greatest joy is to be able to pour into and love on my employees. Tell me your mindset around recognition and building a culture of recognition within companies. Well, this is another aspect that I find that it's often forgotten or just superficially addressed. Why? Because we think that just putting names out there and clapping for them and so it's enough. But most of the time, again, one of the basic needs of human being is relevance, is significance, knowing that we make a difference. And yeah, sometimes I agree that this aspect is taking too far or becomes an ego situation. But that's another story. What I want to emphasize is really know and be aware and accepting that we all human beings crave significance. And knowing exactly how to reward your people, it's impossible without mastering some critical aspects like clearly knowing the direction you and a team and your team are heading to, which is a little bit more than just setting clear goals. So knowing the people within the team, how they think, how they feel, how they approach projects, how they approach conversations is critical in finding the right rewards. Another one is knowing the strengths and capabilities and challenges even each team member manifests. You're gonna find a leader saying, oh, we do this, we do this annual review or one-on-one meetings throughout the year. And my question is, I agree, and it's good that you do this, how you do it? What questions do you ask? What are you interested in knowing about your team member when you have that one-on-one time? Because that's the perfect opportunity to know more. And I encourage people, uh, leaders who are dedicated 
to outstanding leadership to have the CRM. CRM is not only for clients, can be for your team as well. Have each a member of uh, your team in a CRM. And whenever you have this conversation, put down all the things that you might use later on to show them that they make a difference, that they matter in the company. That's a mind-blowing game changer for me, like adding your employee to your CRM and documenting things that you that come up in conversation. I never would have thought of that before. That's a really, really good suggestion. Yeah, and we see this with citizen performance reviews, right? But they only have the attention on performance and they take the human being out of equation. My approach is bring the human being into the CRM. Know who the people are as a whole. Don't take only bits of that person in front of you. It helps a lot if you know more. The more information you have, the more you can use and really create a recognition system that matters because that's the problem. We have recognition uh, system in place. The question is, do they really make a difference? Do the people that are being recognized feel recognized, feel valued, respected? It's worth knowing the answer to these questions. This is true. I have been, I have worked in the past in a place where I got a $25 Home Depot gift card that Mm -hmm. did nothing for me. I don't shop at Home Depot. I don't need your Home Depot gift card. I would have much rather have like a handwritten note that pointed out something that I did, you know, that they thought was meaningful. Mm -hmm. Or give me a 20, give me $25. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or Mm -hmm. pay attention to something that I like and, you know, save up and do something a little bit more. Or, you know, do something nice, like bring a massage therapist into the office and do chair massages. Or, you know, like there's so many different things that, you know, but it just like, it was almost like it highlighted how out of touch they were Mm -hmm. with what was relevant and what was meaningful to me as an employee that it was, I just would rather had nothing. Yeah. Because the way I see is, you know, I see the, the, uh, the other side too. Like where the leaders are so focused on the business side of things and being themselves pressed for results, they find themselves pushing and controlling and demanding and imposing. And of course, it's easy to forget of all these little things, quote unquote, that matter. So it makes a real change in the dynamics of a team when the leaders takes into account the human part of his team members and really gets above and beyond to know them, really know them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gabriella, you have been just a wealth of wisdom. I, I always end the show with two questions. And the first is, if the audience could walk away with one thing that would help them understand your point of view and really give them advice about leadership in general, what would be the one thing that would be most important for them to take away from? I would say, try to stop yourself from coming from that place of um, needing to know all answers and being afraid of not having all answers and bring curiosity to your leadership, challenge the assumptions and never be afraid to ask questions 
and try to do things differently, taking into account the dynamics of your company. I love that. And the last question, and it does not have to be leadership or business related at all. It could be something you heard from your grandma's sisters, aunts, uncle, whatever. But what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, I've been given so many good advices in my life. But one that really comes to mind right now is the advice of my philosophy teacher back in high school. He used to say, I don't care what you do, what your lane of business or, you know, even homework, I don't care. But when you set your mind to something, do it well. And I carry that advice every day since then. Well, you're doing calibrated leadership well. I'll tell you that for sure. Thank you. I appreciate your time so much today. And I know that the audience does too. Tell us how we can get a hold of you. You can find me at uh, www.calibratedleadership.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. And thank you so much for having me here. This, This has been such a great experience. Well, it's been a pleasure for me too. And it's like I said, it's such an important topic as we grow and we learn as leaders. And even if you're leading yourself, which is your own team, you know, it is important to set these things in place because the goal is success and success comes through growth. So thank you for being here. And thank you to the audience for joining us. This has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. And we look forward to having you with us next time. Thanks a lot, guys.